Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. From the world's first officially recognised sim racing group, it's the Torah Radio Show. Good evening everybody and welcome again to the Torah Radio Show, your weekly insight into the wonderful world of sim racing for the next hour i will be joined by my cavalcade of compatriots oh it's gone alliteration there we go i like it (laughs) what's gone now it's been a (laughs) three weeks into lockdown it's it's finally happened my mind's gone uh yeah well um Congratulations? Question mark. Well, as you as you can probably tell, this is not the dulcet tones of Mr. Ben Williams. Um, he is otherwise engaged at the moment. Uh, I shan't share the language that he shared. I think that's a bit <laughs> fair. For such a such. It, it's not terribly oriented, but needless to say, he wasn't happy. No, and it's not very often that he uses language like that, so he must be very unhappy. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Nobody's faster than Taurus Pastor. Exactly. God, we haven't said that for a long time. <laughs> we need to bring that back more. We really do. Well, well we are He's not here. Just prime time to bring it back. Yeah. Put it on a T-shirt. Well, give it to him for his birthday. Although now he's PC. Now he's PC gaming. There's quite a few people faster than Taurus Pastor. Anyway, <laughs> he's heard for our worst. <laughs> a minute in, and I've only introduced myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yet we've already heard four voices, so let's go ahead and get that. Yeah, as, as this is technically the the uh, the US leg of the show, uh, it's only fair that uh, we do actually have Mr. Lewis Satley on the line from. Wow, I got to introduce before all the other guys for once. Lovely, winning, yeah. beat that England. All right, Charlie Sheen. Uh, okay. <laughs> still locked in. Still place. locked in. <laughs> still locked. Goodness me. Uh, still locked in a holding pattern somewhere across the eastern seaboard, Mr. Jordan Groves. Hello, everyone. How's the, how's the oxygen up there? It's not great. It's not great. Not going to lie. A bit cold. Coping. Okay. I should hang on the the seaboard, not the North Pole. At least I'm isolated. If he was on the, <laughs> the thing is, if he was if he was on like a seven eight seven or something, I'd be like, well, I've used I've worked my way through the gin cabinets and now I'm onto the <laughs> now I'm onto the hot scotch. <laughs> right then, I believe we have a guest and we haven't introduced yes, the guy. No. He's just sitting there laughing his butt off over there in the corner <laughs> waiting for us to introduce the guy. Go ahead, Lewis. Uh, we have one Mr. Nick Rowland from or actually he is the head of satellite racing in the PC gaming world. So hello Nick, welcome to the show. Hello everyone and I can confirm I've not been drinking yet. Keyword there yet. Yet. We'll drive into that point. I was going to say, we're going to drive him to that point, hopefully, before the end of the show. So if his words start to slur, you know what's going on. (laughs) We do not advocate drinking and driving, so go ahead. But we can advocate drinking and sim racing at times. This not being one of those times. No. Very serious. Actually, just don't do it at all. I knew I was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Very serious here on the Torah Radio Show on RadioLamont.com. Uh, any questions, of course, for uh, any of any of us throughout the course of the week uh, or on Twitter? This has tailed off very quickly, hasn't it? <laughs> Please send your questions or <laughs> missives or complaints, uh, not complaints, uh, to at the real underscore Torah on Twitter. Uh, or please do, of course... Um, uh, send any questions to us on the Midweek Motorsport Listeners Collective as well. Uh, right, so if you have compliments for the show, pass them on to me and Jordan. Any complaints, hand them over to Matt Hunter. No, I'm not the president anymore. Oh, ben Williams. Ben, ben Williams. That's ben <laughs> so for this episode of Tour Radio Show, because Ben is not here, and Matt is officially the HR department. <laughs> She's any complaints, go to him. She's downstairs working very hard still. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, no need to step into this. No. Uh, Gentlemen, it's been a very—it's been yet again another very busy week of uh, esports racing. I think it's fair to say, and I think also what is fairer to say is that one—I said one title—one title has come out head and shoulders above all the others so far, and that is of course iRacing. 
Would that be a fair comment? I would say yes, that would be a fair comment to make, simply because it's... Tyler hinted on this a couple of weeks ago on the U.S. show, is that a lot of the visuals that you get with iRacing, it's very much very close to real life, and the cars look proportionate on the circuit. Not to mention with all the marketing background that they already have behind it, they've easily jumped onto the whole sim racing being streamed sort of thing, and all, iRacing is the official partner for so many real-life racing series. So it's only natural, I guess you could say, that that would be the one that rises to the top. I think the Codemasters has been close, but it depends on what you look at it as. The viewership, I think Codemasters is probably above it at the moment. You just have to look at someone like Charles Leclerc stream, for example, the numbers they were getting. So I think that's been close, but generally speaking, it would be iRacing. But is that you say the viewership, and I do agree, and and it's a it's a little bugbear of mine that I think some people pick the big numbers over over quality on occasion. Do you yep. think that those numbers are purely because it is the likes of Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, and you know proper full-on F1 drivers doing or utilising that particular title, F1 2019, for those who um, don't necessarily know what we're talking about um i think more i so think the f1 the quality of the actual product yeah i think the f1 pro series had some solid numbers as well when that was running um with the more standard sim races but now it's got the exposure from the actual formula one drivers it's it's gone up because of that does it make it better and the product better not really and in that regards i racing would still be number one you'd have to believe. Um, but I think it's just because of the nature of what we're experiencing at the moment with lockdown, that the F1 drivers can stream and do all that type of stuff. But then you've got a lot of others. I mean, look how well the past uh, two IndyCar races have been on um, on iRacing. And, and, you know, th- those types of races are now even broadcast on Sky. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's the big... The thing is, now, this might just be my eyes because you know an old an old fogey like me has been in this business for quite quite a few years okay um, now we have full permission to call Matt an old fogey yeah, you said you it not that, us right? yeah, you yeah, said yeah, it not yeah, us yeah yeah yeah, yeah. alright so just remember um but and, whatever and I think all four of us I think all four of us in, in this can can probably cast a fair judgement on that on this is that whilst F1 is getting big numbers visually i'm still finding it quite jarring there's a lot of problems with their feed with lag and how the cars are reacting on circuit and that kind of thing is it just me or am i am i imagining this i'd agree with you um yeah. I, I think it's just i racing when we look at i racing broadcasts they've been doing this for years um i mean the i racing grand prix series has been going what for like 10 years or something like that now and they've been broadcasting them on youtube for all that time all that's changed is those broadcasts are now being put on the telly so i mean it's still the same quality is there whereas for formula one i think that the need to be able to make it broadcaster friendly is is very sudden almost yeah they've been broadcasting f1 esports but it isn't until now where as we said with the introduction of the actual drivers coming in that it's really started being like viewed by so many people and being put on TV, etc. Like consistently, I think it, I would likely say that when they come round to bringing out F1 2020, which I assume is going to be the next title, that they'll probably put. I would hope they will put a lot more effort into the broadcasting side and making it more stable, making the cars behave a little bit more um, normally <laughs> on them um, when they're being spectated on. I would hope that, oh yeah, all of this attention is just going to mean that they might look into polishing these little things and getting it up to the standard that we're now used to with stuff like iRacing. There is a um, there is a further discussion about that, that that's largely aimed at iRacing, which we'll come on to um, when we start talking about the esports content that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. But first, Nick, I want I want to obviously turn this turn this back to you particularly, uh, and with. Um, and with satellite in particular, how have you and and your teammates found this uh, explosion in esports um, racing interest at the moment? Are you seeing bigger numbers in the events you're entering so far, or is it or is it pretty much the same kind of people, but more people asking questions? 
Uh, it's a good question. I think just before the boom of sim racing is, is right now and what we're seeing um, at this time, the Sebring uh, iRacing special event um, had some of its biggest numbers yet, and that was before all this had happened. So I think generally speaking, since I would say in particular with this latest tire model that iRacing have released, we're seeing a resurgence in in the sim itself. It, it tailed off a little bit, but the, the new tire model has brought a lot of old faces or old names back to the sim. And then on top of which we now have the boom from the current situation we're in with uh, coronavirus and, and the fact that we've, we're seeing so many streamers out there and the boom on Twitch. The, yeah, the, the competition level is creeping up and, and getting higher and higher and higher, as, as it so should do. Um, I think the only difference probably we're seeing now is events broadcast that are purely to that race series. So like there's an IndyCar one, there will be a V8 one. That we haven't seen as much of before. That's uh, usually come in sort of a uh, iRacing official series. Now we're seeing it privately as well. So we're getting this sort of trade-off between the two. But because of that, we're seeing incredible numbers uh, on iRacing. So to follow, or actually we'll go ahead and just kind of delve into this if I may hijack the feed altogether. Um, so a couple of weeks ago on a show, if anybody remembers listening, we kind of delved into getting started onto the sim racing sort of thing. And that kind of leads us on to, I've been doing this for a little while. I happen to be doing rather good against people that I'm going against. I'm hearing grumblings of being able to join race teams. So for instance, say I think I'm doing pretty good. I want to join a team or some sort of league. And I happen to come across satellite racing, Nick. And I ask, how do I join satellite racing on a sim racing team for that matter? Well, for us, it, when people approach us, we always, uh, you know, we will take on anybody and we, we'll go through and test them and see and see how those guys get on. Um, I-rating is the first thing you kind of look at because it gives you an indicator of how long they've been on the service, how competitive they've been. And then it gives you it gives you your first indicator of what they're going to be as a driver. Um, we just recently picked up a driver ourselves that's actually now in our factor two as well and uh, qualified for the pro championship which is broadcast. So um, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. Sometimes we see people, but other people will reach out to us and we'll look at the stats first, but then we'll also create test sessions. Those test sessions usually include most of the team uh, and it gives us a good idea. We'll probably get them onto Discord as well, have a chat with them and see how they communicate with the team. I mean, communication is key, especially for the large endurance events that we that we tend to do. You know, we're predominantly GT based at the moment. We've done a lot with LMP1. Um, then I think I think it's pretty pretty cool the fact that people can reach out to us, and we encourage people to reach out, not just us looking for people or or scouting people. And um, obviously, if you get into the broadcast events, which are run by um, RaceBot, then obviously we see from YouTube as well. So it, the higher the I rating, the the more chance you are to get into those top splits. Okay, and you just hinted on a little bit that you do a little bit of scouting as well. So say, for instance, I've, I'm on iRacing and I'm doing quite well. I happen to end up in a lobby with you, no matter what it would be. Let's say, for instance, we're doing an IndyCar lobby inside of iRacing. Um, I happen to get in there with you and I get in this really heated battle with you and you assume to yourself on a recruitment process or actually what would be a recruitment process say for instance if i was racing you and you wanted to recruit me along is it would it be a similar situation like you said there or would be into an open test or would it be more of along the lines of slowly getting into them and get to know the individual better uh, for me personally i would reach out and speak to them uh, as a person you would have already sort of experienced what they can do on track a bit of racecraft speed and you kind of delve into things well um do you have much experience with setups you know there are there are big um teams out there that are now sharing setups so it could be the case they've got one of those or they're able to build their own setups and you start to develop a, a relationship with them and find out exactly where where their strengths are some of them are just are pure races and they are just naturally gifted and those ones the, the, the you find out that are the ones you sort of start to lead the teams then as well especially if we have multiple entries uh, multiple entries into uh, a 24-hour race, for example, we could have four or five drivers per team. So that could be anything up to 10 drivers that we all have across two teams. So it's those types of things identifying the strength of character 
and if they could potentially lead a team um, as much as I would like to be across both I can't if especially if I'm driving so um, we identify uh, the strengths of the character as much as the driving ability okay so it's so what you're saying is and I'm sure John would probably agree with this it's very much similar to what we'd find across on the real world side of thing the only thing is that there's no financial yeah. impact on side of it to where it's not not a question of how much money are you bringing to the team or how much money we're willing to pay you from the team so um the other question that would be because you also harped on this so we'll do a follow-up on this um some people that you say are really natural born gifted drivers but say for instance and i'll use me an example i'm not very good at tuning but i can give a lot of feedback to how I expect a car to feel and I can drive the wheels off of whatever you hand me is, would that be a hindrance on potentially someone like me trying to get onto the team or would it be more of a thing as like, okay, well, you're obviously a valued driver and your input's really good. We'll go ahead and just have you stick to driving and get talk to our tuners on the team. If we have tuners on the team. So we are in a fortunate position that we do have that. Uh, we've got one guy that's actually a GT3 engineer. Uh, he's got, I think he well when we get the season going it will, he'll be in Formula 4 so we do have people that can already do that so communicating the feedback of what the car's doing is as big an area as, as it possibly can be so even if it's just communicating the feedback you're clear with your communication then that honestly along with the speed is all most teams really really need because between you you'll work it out even if you're a group of three us four for example we could probably sort out work out what a set would be as long as you can communicate it right um, you know and you happen to know things. what each individual adjustment does uh, that usually helps but you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes you can have a go at swinging for the fences and get it and just happen to get it right otherwise you're in for a long run i remember my uh the overall satellite um owner matt strand he um we ran a daytona race about four or five years ago and uh We've been testing all week. It was perfect. You know, we were really happy with the setup. And then he started messing with the setup on the Saturday before the race, Saturday morning. And we went into the race and then he realized, oh, crap, I left the dive planes on around Daytona. So we had no straight line speed at all. <laughs> that would be a major hindrance. Sure. That, that's pretty much where my engineering prowess ends is that uh, more downforce means faster corners, slower straights and... Less downforce means faster straight, slower corners. That's about the extent on mine. Uh, Matt, I believe you had a question about iRacing there. One of the things I was going to move on to, something I alluded to a little earlier on, was, and it does link in with um, uh, with direct racing activities, obviously, because we're seeing so many uh, official series jumping at the chance to have uh, eSports equivalents, um, I think it's fair to say iRacing in some areas lacks behind in some content uh not tracks but vehicles definitely do you think moving forward now we'll see more content expediated into the game as a direct result of these official series i'd be surprised if we didn't to be honest with you uh imza is crying out for a dpi uh massively it, it you know it needs that badly but I'll be honest, even some of the, the existing content that we know, love, and is very, very good, the GT3s are really quite dated now. Um, you know, the, the GT3s are, is quite old spec. So I think there's equally just as much trying to update existing content to bring it closer to maybe what we would have now. But if you look at something like Assesso Corsa and the comparison, if you draw comparison there to iRacing with its GT3, and not just that, but the depth of the GT3 cars that they've got, it's lagging quite a ways behind. I find it quite interesting because, of course, we, we sort of now, obviously, we don't know because we're not in with any of the iRacing developers or anything like that. Um, we saw the introduction of the... Which we'd love to change, so go ahead and contact us on TRS. Absolutely. Um, now, of course, we very quickly saw the introduction of the aero screen for IndyCar um, the other week. I'm sure Jordan was jumping up and down... Um, glee at that one now this is what i say obviously we don't know whether that was in the timeline for them for a while or whether they have reacted because indycar have suddenly wanted to go to go to an esports based series they want it to look obviously as realistic as possible therefore the aero screen is coming now perhaps 
you know, speculating rather than later down the line because it certainly wasn't anything that we'd heard of uh, in any of their um, social media uh, lines. So one one would hope then potentially that this is uh, an indicator that they are going to sort of speed up things and update cars as uh, quickly as possible to benefit the series. You would hope so. I believe truly that the aero scheme was probably maybe in an early development and then very very quickly expedited because of what we because of the boom that we've experienced in that time as well if you look at some of the patch notes that have come out in the past week probably 10 days each time the indycar has had some sort of update or revision as well in all the time that indycar has been running the latest version it's not got the popularity it should do because it is a cracking car um but it's only taken until this for something to move and happen. And still now the official series that you get on a day-to-day basis with iRacing, numbers are okay, but there's still there's still nothing spectacular. Um, you know, the the strength of iRacing still pretty much lies within the, within the GT ranks. Which of course we are, well, I'd be lying if I said we weren't dis- if we weren't uh, unhappy that GT racing is a, is the core in iRacing as well, but again it's it, it does highlight a point there because as you rightly said the gt3 cars obviously the, the amg uh, gt there is now um the previous generation uh i think all the cars are gt3 or previous or, or generations because i think the 48 is now on the second evo yeah actually i suppose and, and yeah. actually the audi's been updated substantially since that although visually it looks more or less the same yeah, same with visually, the Ferrari, but I mean, visually it's... probably looks the same. But the interior of the iRacing one is very old. Oh. Yeah, I think it's like it's properly old. It doesn't even have a color dash. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what color you want your dash? Flat black. Okay. <laughs> Just a, a pleasant matte gray. That'll do. It's, yeah. I mean, it is interesting. Or matte gray. Yeah. It is interesting. You um, you mentioned a set of courses because obviously the ACC is a title with which we are. Um, becoming increasingly uh, enthusiastic about uh, Jordan more so well even more so I'd imagine I think we're due for another uh, TRS lap time challenge that Dan will probably blow us out of the water with again yeah. uh, not if we do it on an oval no <laughs> no the next one in fact ladies and gentlemen if you wish to take part in our, in our little lap challenge I will be posting a time uh, on on my Twitter, um, that's at matthunter09. Um, Give me a Twitter handle, so remember any complaints from the show, you send them to that Twitter handle. <laughs> from memory, what did I what did I say it was going to be? If you have I think you said a McLaren. No, 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 I've changed. No, I've gone back. To have you original. changed your mind now? Oh, no, I've gone back to my original one that I said I was going to do. So the next lap challenge will be it's a set of course of competition. It will be Mizano. It will be the Lexus, uh, and it will be sunny weather, obviously, because it's Italy. So, there you go. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, that sh- Lexus is I'll actually be- really fun to drive. It's, it's not the Lexus, it's the fact that it's Misano, but anyway. That's a, good cir- <laughs> a surprisingly good circuit. I, I mean, I've, I've been lucky, well, I say lucky, I've been in real life, but... It was a great circuit when I was going forward, not backwards all the I've, time. I've appreciated it on MotoGP, I've appreciated it in World Superbikes, and now I'm appreciating it on four on four wheels, and I quite like it. I'll tell you what, I like it better when I was there. going the other direction. A lot quicker than you think. The back section is very quick. Well, I'd hope so, it's a straightaway with three kinks. Yeah, but... <laughs> But the second, the second of those, the second of those kinks, you don't necessarily want to be taking flat, especially if you've got a break halfway through it. Don't give us tips. <laughs> allow funny, allow yeah, me Jordan, to flip my I, car. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan. Oh yeah, and stock setup. You're not allowed a setup on it either, Dan. Yeah, no, I can't tune anyway. So. <laughs> I want no psi in my tyres. I want no fuel in it. I could take I could take virtually all the fuel out to a full-on qualifying run with four four laps worth of fuel in it, and I'd still be four seconds slower than you lot. So <laughs> we'll see. That was just depressing. 
started it. He started it. Not, and I, I'm going to share this with the, with the rest of with the rest of. Uh, we drove that the day. I'm, 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 I'm not that. I'm not that shy. I am not unhappy to say that. Yes, no, I have been in the Delara F3 car at where was I? Uh, Imola. No, Mid Ohio. I did, oh yes. I did 14 laps and crashed on every single one. So is that why we're not doing a lap time challenge in the F3? No, that's exactly. <laughs> no. I think the winner of this one gets to pick the next challenge. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> Let it be the Norch life. That's absolutely fine. No. I was going to say, come on, reach Bathurst, another track that he doesn't like. <laughs> we should probably move on, shouldn't we? We should. We should. Yes, we, should. <laughs> we, we do have to talk about, we actually do have to talk about some racing that happened over the weekend, because there was a surprisingly large amount of it. Was there, there was. There was, was quite a lot. Jordan? Yes, there was. Uh, where should we start? Should we start with the Formula One? Let's get that over and done with. Yes, so we had the uh, virtual Vietnam Grand Prix uh, on uh, Sunday. I hear what you're saying already. Vietnam Grand Prix, that isn't in F1 2019. Well, that's fine because it was at Melbourne. Which is kind of near. Wait, wait, wait Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Um, this it's completely different race... continent. Let's go with that. This race saw a few more actual Grand Prix drivers this time, mercifully, because that was a bit of a disappointing thing for the first one, that only like two people were doing it from the actual grid. Uh, this time we had uh, Charles Leclerc, uh, George Russell, Alex Alban, and Nicholas Latifi join. No, Latifi was in the last one, I believe. And we also had the addition of Jensen Button, who's recently yes. gotten into um, sim racing. Um, his, he... F3, his F3 race on the red line... Uh, one was <laughs> pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> Bless him. Um, so yes, um, it was quite entertaining to watch all of the uh, F1 drivers joining. Uh, they were all streaming in the days leading up to the event. It's some, it's bloody hilarious, actually, to be honest, uh, watching some of that. Um, in the end, it was uh, Charles Leclerc who basically dominated the race. Um, he shared the podium with I'm forgetting who was in second place. Uh, oh yes, Christian Lundgaard Christian Lundgaard, who is an F2 uh, Renault-backed driver and third place was George Russell um, For the second race in a row Lando Norris was unable to take part because his game I think it, I think he lost connection to the lobby just before the race and they couldn't get him back in in time um, So yeah, he wasn't very happy about that and he actually uninstalled the game on his stream live on max verstappen's <laughs> advice i might add yes yeah max verstappen said take the game off your pc and throw it in the bin <laughs> have fun racing and i will never join that event bye bye so yeah it's fair to say that verstappen isn't a big fan of f1 2019 we know he we know he loves um i racing a lot more um uh after the um grand prix drivers race and obviously had uh people like jimmy broadbent racing in it he managed to finish eighth which was pretty good uh, after that there was the race for the esports drivers and that race was dominated by uh, freddie rasmussen um as you would kind of expect the um driving standards were a lot better and that race was, was the more um normal race but it was it i found it much more entertaining that second race just because it was a lot closer the racing was a lot better um but as we kind of alluded to in the um, at the start of the show, it, it did kind of underline that the broadcast still wasn't kind of iRacing quality. You could still that it still kind of irked the likes of me and Matt for for not. You could still tell it was a game basically. Whereas iRacing, if you if you zone out for a little bit, you might actually think you're watching real racing. So th there are still a lot of steps that Codemasters need to take with this title, with future titles, to make it to that level if they're going to continue with these kind of broadcasts and events. In fairness, if I go, may go off a little bit of a tangent on this one, actually, in fairness, they're all learning right now. Yeah, of course. And the only way you're going to make things better is if you get the feedback from people and you hear these sort of things. So I, I'm going to go ahead and give everybody credit. I mean, albeit kind of contradicts what I said before. iRacing is easier to look at, but iRacing also try to, tries to mimic the real world as much as possible. A lot of games try to do cinematic things with their video or visuals and while it's great if you're on a load screen or waiting to see your results on a screen it doesn't necessarily translate very good to tv that goes that goes back to what we were saying at the start as well about the stability 
at least yes. you know nothing is nothing is perfect okay everyone has problems but lando's been dropped now from two races right before the start of a live broadcasted event to many people watching on many platforms that's a bit average that's stability of Co- the codemasters games has been an inherent problem not just in the past couple of years but probably since they took over so it's not i mean they are trying and i respect the fact they are trying but the same issues still seem to crop up and the broadcastability of that uh, you know we see it in pro series as well is it's shaky it's actually an easier watch to watch the drivers on their twitch streams streaming the actual Mm. game itself than it is to watch a broadcaster yeah no doubt i totally agree uh, carry over. on. I said, now that's over. Now we can talk about eye racing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where should we go? What happened to our show, guys? When we suddenly got really enthusiastic about PC gaming. It was roughly around the time that I started being on the show a lot. Does that say anything? <laughs> no. Ironically, it happened started whenever uh, live sim racing events started happening on TV and other platforms. So, and in fairness, we've been talking about various PC types for a very long time. We just have now a lot more time to do so now that we're weak. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to quickly mention the digital Nurburgring endurance series powered by VCO, which was shown. Uh, shown. Oh, well, it was Sound and Vision actually. Uh, yeah. Via RadioLeMond.com uh, over the weekend. Very cool. Really, really, really good. Actually, I think I must have watched least two-thirds of the race it was very very well put together only two-thirds and you call yourself a race fan (laughs) those are rookie numbers son (laughs) yes that is it's the first half of it i was out working in the garden so you know uh the race race won by williams esports uh in their um audi r8 lms gt3 uh, Sammy Matty Trurgan and uh, Dominic, I want to say Dominic Steib, but I might be mispronouncing that. Apologies uh, if that's the case. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that is the same Williams eSports that does the Williams F1 eSports. And also races in Tora competition, of course. Well, have they joined us in Tora as well? I'm pretty sure know. they race everywhere now. Yeah, Williams eSports. <laughs> They're even in bikes. GC and all sorts, so they, they race everywhere. Well, good on them. I didn't yeah. know they were part of the Tora thing also. All right. Yeah, so three-hour race... Um, one by Williams, so very well done to them. Uh, second and third went to BS Plus competition in their Z4 GT3s. Oh, sorry, second went to uh, BS Plus competition, uh, and third went to Marla, the Marla racing team in their Audi. Uh, cup two class winners were Martin Asher and Robert Klotz from Asher Racing. Um, what was cool about this one, um, and again, this comes back to what we've been saying all throughout with um, uh, with these. Uh, official eye racing competitions it's just how many real life teams were getting involved um and let, i i know i know jordan was watching this so he'll he'll be able to back me up on this bmw went to town on this race oh man yeah. they did that man they did their lineups were impressive I, I think bmw are the um manufacturer who are really giving sim racing like their all in in this kind of uh, discipline, if you will. BMW are just throwing all of their their pro drivers at it. They've got engineers looking after it as well. They, they are properly giving it a good go, and it's brilliant to see a top manufacturer like BMW doing it. And what was really cool was um, um, so you also had uh, Black Falcon now involved. Uh, they they did their first their first ever esports race was that was this race, um, which is very cool. And I think HTP had entries as well. Um, so, what's quite cool is you are starting to see these big name GT teams really getting involved in it, um, and that is massive, you know, for esports because it, it, it's it it's showing this the shift in awareness. I think, which is probably the best way of putting it. Um, I mean, Nick, from your side, it's going to be quite interesting, isn't it, going up against the light, you know, the might of BMW or the might of Mercedes in in future competitions. It carries on this trend, yeah. And again, you know, this goes back to what I was saying before about uh, getting that I rating up that you can get yourself into those top splits. Uh, we're right on the edge of it. We're right on that split between one and two. Uh, we've got a few drivers that could pro- maybe on a they get us in, but we need a bit more, bit more to get us in consistently. But yeah, they, these teams, BMW throwing at it, uh, Mercedes looking at it. 
Uh, Porsche have done a lot. I mean, they've done a lot of investing in sponsorship, especially within uh, within iRacing as well. So I think these manufacturers are really starting to take it a lot more seriously. And a lot of the teams associated to manufacturers as well, or ex-drivers or, you know, Beeler Racing Team, they're huge now. Uh, they they are they're massive and they are all those drivers are such good gt drivers such good gt drivers um and it, it again it goes to show that the, these teams are building these uh names that you hear are now getting way more involved from the real world and you've got real life drivers joining sim racing teams i think the biggest profile one we just had is scott mclaughlin joining apex racing that's super cool the fact that those drivers are getting involved with the sim racing teams as well absolutely it's it's um it's phenomenal and and it's funny yeah i think i think we mentioned being a being a motorsports the other week as well spookily and of course we did just mention about Porsche. and of course they've just had their um their opening round of their super cup at barcelona last weekend as well um which was also very cool to watch although i, I did not watch as much of that because that- i was watching nurburgring <laughs> That one was uh, a test race before the official season kicks off in May. Oh, cool. They did it as sort of a, a test round. It, I think it allowed a lot of uh, drivers and teams to use the new tyre model uh, on the in, a, in race condition to give people a good idea of kind of where people are at. But I think it's next month when the official series gets going. I can't wait to see that series myself, actually. I'm not I'm usually big on spec racing, but... For some reason, the Porsche Cup races are always great to watch. In real it's life. a wild car to drive. <laughs> well, I was saying in real life or even on virtual, virtual. I mean, it's absolutely spectacular to watch those things get pushed and have their necks rung around the whole circuit. It's, especially when you got 30 of them. First car I ever drove in iRacing was the Cup car because it is my favorite. <laughs> my favorite cars. Uh, just looking at the calendar then uh, for the uh, 2020 Porsche Esports Super Cup. They start on May 2nd at Zandvoort. Goodness me, that's going to be fun. Uh, then it's May 9th at Barcelona, 23rd of May at Donington Park, uh, June the 13th uh, at uh, the Circuit de la Sarthe. Uh, so a nice repeat of 2017 when uh, Porsche were there for the uh, um, the support races uh, for Le Mans. July 4th, Nürburgring Nordschleife, the 18th at Silverstone, August 1st, the Fantastic Road Atlanta Circuit. August 15th at Brands Hatch. August 29th at Spa again. Does say Spa again? Spa, ignore me. And September the 19th, the season will close out at Monza. That's a heck of a calendar. Oh my gosh, Monza race. That'll be a slipstream fest there. Well, you're starting with a circuit which I can't imagine there's going to be much passing on at all, Zamfor, and you're ending where it, with one where basically it's going to be passing all the time. Well, I was going to say, I think on Zandvoort, it's going to be, to use a NASCAR term, going to be rattling some people's cages and rubbing racing. And of course, that's not even the updated version of Zandvoort either, so it's going to be even tighter. Yeah, it's going to be nice and flat. I need to try that again. I really do. Uh, excellent. Um, Jordan, what else? That's... What other racing has occurred of late? Well, we just mentioned NASCAR, so that's a that's a bit of a good segue. Um, yeah, so on uh, Sunday we had the latest round of the eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series. Uh, this one we kind of all expected was going to be a bit of a um, what's the polite PC way of saying it? Wreck we'll call fest. it Wreckfest. We'll call it Wreckfest, <laughs> as it was at uh, Bristol Motor Speedway. Um, the it was kind of overshadowed, to be honest. Uh, it, it, eventually, the race was won by William Byron. I say eventually because it was a caution fest. We had cars flipping and everything. Um, the race was kind of actually overshadowed um, with what happened involving Bubba Wallace. I don't know whether um, all of you have heard about this. I'd, I'd be surprised yep. if you hadn't. Um, so a collision happened during the race between Bubba Wallace and Clint Boyer. Um, who caused the initial incident isn't neither, isn't really the point, but needless to say, Clint Boyer felt hard done by and then came back and wrecked uh, Bubba, put him in the wall on purposely. Um, to which um, Wallace, who had already been wrecked twice, had done both of his fast repairs. He, he was like, I'm done, I'm done. He uh, rage quit the game. And subsequently, um, it appears lost his real life sponsor, Blue Emu. Now, we, we, we we've been talking about how sim racing is kind of being taken more and more seriously. It's obviously being 
pushed into the spotlight because of the whole situation on at the moment. But am I the only one that thinks that's a little bit stupid from the sponsor's point of view? Uh, if I may, um, if this was happening, for instance, on a practice race or basically a race that's not broadcasted on national television for so many people are able to watch a stream or see the actual event happen on TV to where your name is actually plastered all over the car. If it wasn't in that stage, then no, I don't think there would have been the backlash as there was from Blue Emo. Uh, the thing I I take umbrage with almost is, is the way Blue Emu went about it. I mean, yeah, Bubba, Bubba really didn't hand it, handle it in the best way. Um, if you've um, uh, the YouTuber David Land put up a great video and he discussed this point. Um, if if Bubba had ended the race there but continued streaming, continued having Blue Emu on his stream, etc., that would have been fine. But either way, Blue Emu really shouldn't have gone about this in the public forum of Twitter. I would no, say if, they, if, this should have been the sort of thing that was done by email. True. Yeah. In, in fairness, he was the he, uh, Bubba was quite vociferous on um, Twitter, and they responded to him on it. Which you are right is possibly not the best way of going about it. Aren't we in a mad timeline where we're now seeing uh, sim races? ultimately determine uh, determining sponsors leaving drivers and stuff like that isn't that mad what timeline is this <laughs> it's mad but to me personally it kind of goes back to what i said earlier if it wasn't on a nationally televised platform to where thousands upon thousands of people are watching if it didn't happen on that platform then i think he probably would have been okay but because other people are watching and they're seeing his reaction and it no other way to explain it. They're seeing his reaction and seeing his words. Then, yeah, I would definitely not want to support that individual driver myself. Now, would I have gone about it the way they did if it's Twitter? No, I wouldn't have. It's again, like we just discussed, I would have done that behind closed doors. Just my opinion. Yeah. And then. Your thoughts on it? Uh, I think. It's I don't know I, it's a tough one I think it's a it's a tricky situation to be in it, it, because it is broadcast as as Lewis said it I think that's the kicker that's got to be the kicker for more more than anything else unless there was some sort of underlying issue maybe between driver and sponsor then I don't see any other reason for it um, you know you got I guess people are taking it more seriously and professionally so you've got to kind of act in that way now as well, which you absolutely should. Um, the commentators called it out as well as a rage quit. That doesn't really help. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was quite, That was quite funny. But, um, you know, those types of things, I think now we're, we're in a bit of a situation where it is getting more serious. You do have to represent sponsorship in a correct way. And, you know, we never want... It, it, gets, it gets more and more serious, but we still have to take the enjoyment factor... Um, and I think, put it this way, if drivers and teams didn't know the line, they know it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then on the uh, on a similar note of um, NASCAR sim racing and being taken seriously, um, we had another announcement of the, uh, another esports equivalent series. The NASCAR Wheelan Euro Series announced their iRacing uh, compatriot during this time. Um, their series will race at uh, Brands Hatch, Zolder, Watkins Glen, the Roval at Charlotte, Indianapolis. Um, but the main thing to draw from this, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I think this is the first time I've seen a, a series do this, but the races in this series will count to the actual championship when it resumes. So the drivers really nuts. do want to be taking part in this because they will be earning championship points. Which is nuts. I love wow. it, but it's nuts. I was going to say, it's... <laughs> Especially for the Euro NASCAR series, because these cars, if there were Euro NASCARs in iRacing, then yeah, maybe I can see it a little bit more, but they are using the NASCAR Cup Series cars. Now, for those of you who don't know much about the Wheel and Euro NASCAR series... Those cars are far different from the NASCAR Cup Series cars. They are much more road course orientated. There's just a world of a difference between the two of them. So it's really impressive to see a series like this, even when it isn't a direct 
esports equivalent it's not their cars they're still throwing literally everything they've got at it by having all the championship points matter they don't even have all the circuits do they because they go no <laughs> they go to the lausitz ring and that's not in the game that'd be wicked <laughs> would be very good that would be but, but uh, one yeah. roval that is definitely done right i will say that love that place actually they don't even use it oval anymore do they they just uh, use nope. a strictly spread course such a shame such a shame love that place uh, I'll be um, honest I'm glad they don't use it as an oval after what happened to Zanardi uh, yeah yeah but it could have happened it's it's a similar sort it, of thing it could have happened to anyone I, I do agree but it's just yeah. that pit lane yeah. exit that I don't like and unfortunately Zanardi's accident proved why that's a bad design for a pit lane exit yeah uh, um, anyway that's the topic for another show isn't it <laughs> yeah let's not get into that one that's more uh, real life oriented yes. uh, sticking to the um, American motorsports side of the world uh, of course IndyCar as we mentioned earlier on had their second race lovely uh, transition was open wheel to open wheel at Barber um, and it was uh, Scott McLaughlin uh, winning that one ahead of Will Power I believe that was a bloody brilliant race uh, yet another fantastic race that one um, it definitely yeah. didn't end the way it started that out thinking that you're going to see it end up again. No, um, yeah, Sage Karam got pole position once again. Obviously, he dominated the race at Watkins Glen. Um, but during the pit cycle mid-race, he got caught up with uh, battling Felix Rosenquist and got caught up with cars who hadn't pit yet. And he ultimately ended up quitting the race. Um, he didn't lose his sponsor, though. Uh, this ended up uh, setting up a really tense end of the race where Scott McLaughlin and Will Power from Penske were trying to hunt down Scott Speed, who was trying to save fuel. Ultimately, he couldn't save enough fuel, had to drop behind them. And then you had McLaughlin trying to hold off Power for the last couple of laps. And ultimately, it was just uh, four tenths of a second separating them as they crossed the line. However, I was going to say, in fairness, McLaughlin was trying to save fuel as well. Then they finally realized that the pace to save fuel was not going to be worth it. So they just dumped it and went as fast as they possibly could. Yeah, to make a second stop. However, yeah. the uh, driver of the day, I think we'll all agree, has to go to Robert Wickens. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He was yeah. set to race the season opener of the... Uh, this is the iRacing IndyCar Challenge. We didn't actually say that, but... but um, he was set to race the season opener at Watkins Glen, but due to a... Um, uh, the, his arrangement with a company that was supplying him the, the setup fell through. Couldn't get the rig in time. Um, so he made his debut this time at Barber. Uh, he qualified 29th and last after spinning on his qualifying lap, something he was really frustrated about. And he came through to finish eighth, having run as high as second place at times. Now, obviously, uh, Wickens is still recovering from his crash at Pocono Raceway a couple of years ago. Um, he still hasn't got the use of his uh, legs to an ability where he would be able to control a traditional sim racing setup and therefore a car setup. So he was using a handbrake system. It's very similar to the one seen used by Alex Zanardi in uh, races like the Daytona 24 and DTM, etc. So he had um, his accelerator was uh, one of the clutch pedals on the back of his Fanatec McLaren wheel rim. And then he had a hand brake on a lever separate from the wheel. And he his pace was unbelievable he, he really so, is astonishing that man so to make it even more impressive for wickens and i don't know if you knew this jordan this is actually the first form of competition that he's actually done whether it be some racing or real life since his accident that is true he hadn't done any practice or he's done a little bit of practice but he's never actually done a race this is the first full-blown competition that he's had yeah since and he only, that accident he only got the sim set up up and running the day before <laughs> yeah it's and just by the way i do know the individuals who got him set up on that over at simcraft so good yeah. job on you guys over there with getting him set up on a race rig so it's great to see wiki back behind the wheel either be virtual or real life but it's freaking awesome and i think i think he actually deserves probably i racing driver of the year simply just for that performance coming from last to eighth I'd agree with the, the show. A quick 45 lap race at Barber, too, nonetheless. That's not an easy place to pass at. Definitely not. I'd, I'd agree on the, on the shout out to Simcraft, though, to, to turn around the way they did, especially with the, the rig they actually supplied. Massive respect to those guys for getting it to him. I think actually the next race, he's, get, he's swapping wheel to a Max Pappas wheel. He's yes. built him a different wheel. So that's going to be interesting to see how he gets on with that, which I believe is all hand control actually on the wheel. It is, it yeah, it's like, got the it disc like set up around the yeah. back, yeah, where it he's, like he's using it all picture. on the paddle. Yeah, but it's that, a very, that, very cool 
wheel that. Yeah, that's that's super cool. But it, it's it's so so cool to see. The one thing I will say as well is that if uh, Bob Wallace lost one sponsor, Will Power is lucky that he didn't lose all his sponsors and that it was broadcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, because, we didn't even uh, get onto the subject, did we? Yeah, he, he ended up what. having his um, chat turned off by the officials for calling them and the lapped cars and the people he was battling several names under the sun. Yes. So <laughs> I, I, it will be interesting to see whether he's even given the ability to use voice chat for the next race, which incidentally will be uh, this Saturday. He's not at... going to be allowed to talk on the next one. Yeah, so yeah, the next one will be this Saturday at Michigan, which will be so... awesome to see. Oh, yeah, that's kind of like a Michigan 500 thing. That's probably one of the greatest races I think should ever come back. Um, so speaking of kind of a rage quit thing, um, Jordan, I don't know if you saw the broadcast for the IndyCar race whenever they interviewed Karam after he not really rage quitted, but just fell out of the race. Um, I I was watching. He was very – he played it the right way, to be fair. Yeah, I was going to say, he definitely he played it the very... right way, and he was very cross with Bourdais, as you could tell, because he said he was blocking <laughs> him up yin-yang. But um, still, I, do you think if uh, – let's compare the two here on this one. Do you think the way that Sage handled that was a lot better than, for instance, the way Bubba would have – I mean, obviously, physically, we saw it was much more professional. But do you think the way Sage just conducted himself after the race and didn't really – freak out for that matter just kind of expressed his frustration and moved on didn't really harp on it so much as opposed to bubba do you think that potentially saved him from any repercussions i i don't think sage would have had any repercussions anyway but i think what helped was that they gave him the opportunity to have the tv interview while the race was still going on bubba they didn't have that opportunity i don't think they usually do that anyway but I think if Bubba had been able to properly explain the situation and why he felt the need to rage quit, I think that probably would have saved him anyway. But it, it's it's a complicated thing. And obviously there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes as we were talking about with the whole Bubba situation. Um, yeah, yeah, there's lessons learned. There's definitely, you definitely always want to take the Karam approach <laughs> in this situation yeah. anyway. There's a bit of perspective here as well in the fact that um, Sage, for example, I think of that entire field, I believe, is the most experienced iRacer. So yeah. I think he realizes himself that all these guys he's now racing with are learning and getting used to it and experiencing things for the first time that he's known. I mean, he's been associated to Coanda for the past couple of years, who essentially are the top iRacing team. So I think he understands that what the environment that he's racing in and yeah, he got frustrated. But remember, also he burned his quick repair already from a previous uh, from the incident. Uh, who was at Rosenquist? I think it was the incident yeah. with. So he burned one fast repair. So he was actually, you know, using going going round again, and it happened a second time. But they only I was had say, one, I think the rules were at the start. The if you use two of them, you're done. Yeah. So that that car when he hit Bourdais, that was it. The car was literally total at that point. He couldn't do anything else about it. So it, it wasn't even particularly a rage quit. He was literally out of the race. There was nothing more he could do. Okay, so that's a different perspective than what I saw. But um, and see. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and move on from this one, actually. I'm being told in my ear. Yeah, just very quickly, and back to Jordan again. Uh, we must quickly <laughs> cover cover the uh, charity race, uh, the, uh, the Jimmy Broadbent. Or we really should try and get him on the show. Um, that would be good, wouldn't it? It would be good. Oh yes, it would. We really, we really must try and do that. Um, we really should. Yeah, we really should. Jimmy, if you're listening, <laughs> you really should. <clears throat> you really should. Um, <laughs> come join us for an hour to talk about random stuff. No, uh, no really, you really should. Mm. Jordan, you actually did very well. So you actually did. You did very, very well. Very proud of you. Well done, mate. Thank you. Yeah, um, we hinted at it last, ra- uh, last race, last um, last stream, um, that the uh, the race to get this bread, as it was so brilliantly called, uh, took place literally just before we went on air last week. So we couldn't really, we didn't really have enough time to talk about it. Um, I'll, I'll get the um, self promo um, <laughs> kind of out of the way. Uh, we started. Me and my teammate Christian Gomez uh, from Allied Forces Racing, former Tora champions, the pair of us. Self plug. Um, we started 27th, finished 11th, which was just mind boggling. <laughs> um, other drivers in the race included the likes of Bruno Spengler, Philip Eng, um, Jan Mardenborough, 
my mind's going blank now. Content creators like TMM Marduk, Super GT, blah, 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 blah. blah. It was, a, it was a, a stacked field, to quote Gomez. Um, but the important thing was is that as, as at the time of recording right now, the uh, charity total stands at £23,102.11, wow. which oh, is just mind-boggling. And, of course, all of that's going to the uh, Trussell Trust. Um, it's a uh, food bank uh, charity in the UK. Um, obviously very important as of now you can still donate to that so I will give it another plug if you go to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash get this bread you can still donate to that total and yeah just well done to Jimmy once again for setting up another really successful charity race it was great fun to be a part of and I think we're all looking forward to the next one uh, if, if I may, actually, because you kind of harped on it, because of the difficult situation we're on, I know a lot of food banks across the world are actually pretty taxed on that. So if you have anything you can spare, please, by all means, go ahead and donate to any food bank that is nearby you, because all of them across the world are taxed right now. Absolutely. Amen to that. What, would you believe it? There is actually falls of news. Um, what? What? Obviously Ben can't, <laughs> so I have got to step into the breach and uh, cover this. Uh, series 21 update for Forza Horizon 4. We'll jump in head first. Uh, brought a handful of new cars. Uh, we're going to quickly rattle through because we don't have a huge amount of time. Uh, if you're a fan of Formula Drift, then this is very good for you. Uh, the 2013 Formula Drift Corvette 777 has been added. Um, as a Falcon tyre, Borja exhaust. Um, liveried car, very nice indeed. Uh, the 2018, I didn't the womb as we call it. I didn't even realise this was a thing. Uh, the 2018 Formula Drift 599 GTB. Blimey. Is that a Ferrari? Yes. A drift, really? A drifting Ferrari, apparently. Nothing is sacred anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that was bad whenever they did that with a Porsche. Now they're doing it with a Ferrari? Hey. I know. Uh, they've also added snuck in a 1992 Toyota Supra Mark III. Um, now that's a proper drift car. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very cool. Glad to see that. And the Forza Horizon 4's equivalent of adding an SUV. The 2018 Mercedes-AMG E63S um, for all the 15-year-olds that are apparently playing Forza Horizon 4. There's a few of them out there. Don't get them upset. My stepdad included. Um, there are also they've also brought back something called Horizon Promo, uh, which is a photo mode edition. Uh, so you need to buy, you need to specifically purchase the Sunflower Meadows house in Ambleside to unlock the new mode, uh, and then start earning rewards for taking photos from all around the festival. Uh, if you take a hundred photos in Horizon Promo mode, uh, you will earn the 2018 Ferrari Portofino, um, which is a nice soft top uh, Ferrari I'm guessing it's the... I will say Portofino is a great restaurant that's nearby my house I think I've actually been to if... no no I'm thinking of Cavapino which is somewhere else in Spain um, which is probably which is the Spanish equivalent of the posh places in Italy and um, southern France uh, so you can get that if you uh, snap 100 cars in that particular mode if you snap 200 cars in the mode you can win the 1995 Porsche 911 Carrera 2 by Gunther, Wor- Gunther Works. Gunther Works. Gunther! Gunther Works. Um, which is very, very, very pretty. Uh, this works very well on radio, on radio of course. Um, so, all in all, that is... One, two, three, four, five... Six new cars uh, to Forza Horizon 4. Uh, for the season 21 update which comes out today um so do have a look at that if you are um still playing forza horizon 4 uh unlike most of us who are waiting for forza motorsport 8 and there we go i was gonna say can we call the show on that one because uh there's was a lot of traditional end of show sigh right there on that great disappointment Really, we're not thrilled at all to bring you this every week. I mean, really. At some uh, point, we're going to be so much work for Mr. Hunter as you can tell from inside. On next week's show, we have Ian Webster from Hutch Games talking to us about uh, F1 Manager. Um, we should also hopefully have some news on British GT to bring you. Uh, oh, so I just came across Ooh. a bit of news that I didn't know about. Tough, we haven't got time for it. Well, I was going to say, you guys can actually talk about it next week. Apparently, Juan Pablo Montoya 
last night did the uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Car Invitational race. So anybody who doesn't know but knows me knows that I like dirt slinging 1,000 horsepower, 1,000 pound race cars that go around a dirt half mile in 13 seconds. Uh, Juan Pablo Montoya participated in that. I don't know how he did, but you guys can t- cover that next week. Well, I wasted another, that wasted another 60 seconds. Uh, Sorry. That... <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. That's kind of that, cool. And on that partially interesting point, it's time to end the show. <laughs> oh, dear. I've not been Ben Williams. I've been Matt Hunter, perhaps unsurprisingly. Uh, Lewis has been Lewis. Nick, thank yeah, you I've, so much I've for joining Yeah, I've been Nick Rowland, by the way. No problem. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, Jordan will remain in the holding pass until next week when we will both be back uh, speaking, as I said, to uh, Ian Webster from uh, from Hutch Games. <sighs> Another week done, ladies and gentlemen. Have a fantastic week. We will see you next time, Thursday, 8pm, RadioLamont.com. Bye-bye for now. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.